Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you for joining us. This is part two of what we opened up Pandora's box to with regard to white pneumonia. Uh, this is really extensive, and I'm not sure I can get this in part two in the segment that's remaining. I'm going to do my best, but if we have to continue it over into uh, part three and move part three, which will be how they're going to get you into quarantine camps, which is now back in the news, um, then so be it. That's what we're going to do. Listen, I have to implore you that you need food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools. Please, please, please take care of these needs now. Now, if you have limited resources, buy food, and I mean that. Now, I think people should get their money out of the bank as much as possible. I know you can't take it all because you got to live in society, but invest it in precious metals, for example, okay, uh, because that'll preserve your wealth. When the smoke clears, you'll still have your money, and you can cash it in for whatever money system we're in. Now, having said all that, I want to also implore you to, to get food. If, Like I said, if you're out of money, buy storable food the last 25 years, okay? You want food that tastes good. You want food that's going to stand up to diversity. In other words, you want to eat the same thing day after day. Please, 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 I beg you, get your storable food. Now, you don't have to get it from me, but we do have it available at preparewithdave.com with a 25% discount. You don't have to buy from me. I'm stressing that to you. But I'm just saying this. You need to take care of these needs because these people are going to use all these resources against you to control you. And if you're not convinced of that, let me just um, say stay tuned. (laughs) This show is going to cover it all. Go to preparewithdave.com if I can be of help to you. All right. We have a really important story, and it centers on Ebola. And, uh, you know, I'm going to actually show you some clips from time to time here. But I just want to say this. I'm going to open up a primary source document. Um. Ebola's back in the news. Pandora's box, Denver, Colorado. For the last 10 years, and not much recently, but intensely in 2013, 14, 15, I was writing about the Ebola threat. And I said, we're going to have a problem. I said, we're going to have a huge problem in this country. And I predicted they would use Ebola to interfere in elections, 
to lock us down. Well, they didn't go the Ebola route. They went the COVID route. But I think now it's likely this was the beta test. And some of you are thinking right now, Dave's lost his mind. Hold on. I have really, really good documentation. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert right now, and then I'm going to walk you through the evidence. Number one, they've had an Ebola vaccine for a very, very long time, at least going back to 2006. The CDC owns the patent for Ebola, which means it had to be altered because you can't patent something in its natural state. That means weaponized. What does that tell you? We know that Crucell Laboratories was the original agent to develop a vaccine, but they're not alone. The NIH and GSK, one of the major pharmaceuticals, they have been involved too. We have all the documentation, and you're going to see it right here as I go to screen share. And I'm just going to walk you through, and we have to do a little jumping around. So this isn't necessarily a very linear presentation, but it will be well-documented, and it will be inclusive. And my intent is not to frighten you, but you should have your level of concern raised, and we should be speaking out against this before it happens. You know, a lot of people warned us about Event 201 and Bill Gates and said they're going to bring something here, and that was the beta test. Well, we should have been more forceful in speaking out. I'm hopeful we won't make that mistake again. So let me uh, go to... uh, the screen here, and I'm going to bring up these documents, which I've copied and pasted. Now, you can see for yourself the links are there, okay? Uh, and a couple places I don't have links, but they're available on my website. If you just do keyword search on the, the uh, Finder tool. All right. Denver Health administers first shots of Ebola vaccines. This is two days old. Now, here's what I found out. As of last night, I talked to really knowledgeable people like Paul Preston and others. They didn't know about this. Jamie Walden did because he's in Colorado. I am in visiting in Colorado right now, and I became aware of it while here. I'm finding out this was confined to Colorado. I suspect today, you can't keep a lid on this. I suspect today other people across the country have seen this. Last night, this would have been almost proprietary. In a milestone moment in the Mile High City on November 27th, Denver Health administered the first live Ebola vaccine. It's not the first. That's an absolute misstatement. It's designed to deceive you. This is the way they're rolling it out. They've had this, and I'm going to show you the proof as we go. In 2015, HHS designated Denver Health as one of 13 regional emergency special pathogen treatment centers in the U.S., serving as infectious disease training and care hub for six states in its region. It is one of the first health systems in the country to administer the vaccine. Now, the vaccine's called Ervivo, first approved by the FDA in 2019 for anyone older than one year of age. While outbreaks have continued across the globe, Ebola is less frequently seen in the U.S., but is very deadly with a mortality rate between 70 and 90 percent when left untreated. My understanding, without these vaccines, there is no treatment, and the figure 90 percent is the predominant figure. 
Importation of Ebola in the U.S. by an infected traveler is a recognized risk. Hell, it happened in 2014. We had 19 cases, and they misquote the numbers here. 11 were treated for Ebola, and two of them died. No, it was 19 and two. I don't know why they're misquoting this, because we covered this before. Okay, now, I want to skip down here real quick. Will the real vaccine stand up? This is an article I wrote in 2014. There are at least two Ebola vaccines. One vaccine has been in development since 2004. The other developed by GSK is presently in development as of 2014 and thought to be brought to market by 2015, which didn't happen. To say that this vaccine is being brought to the public a little too fast would be the same as Mount St. Helens caused the earth to shake a little bit. Would you say that we brought the clot shots into existence a little too soon? (laughs) Yeah, same thing here, folks. Here's what you weren't told, and I documented this, but they scrubbed this information from the Internet, but it is still on my website. What you're not being told, fast facts from Crucell's website. Crucell was a laboratory, and they did research into the vaccine. Now, I look, I'm a trained researcher. I see numbers here that I don't like, and I'll point that out as I go. So I don't think the research is on solid ground, but nonetheless, it shows you intent and what they were doing long before this latest press release out of Denver. Crucell is developing an Ebola vaccine in collaboration with the Vaccine Research Center of the NIH and Infectious Diseases, NAID, and it's been shown to completely protect monkeys against the virus with a single dose of the vaccine, which is a hell of a lot better than what they have now with what's coming out. They tested it on eight animals, and they all died, no humans. By the way, I taught, and I'm sorry if you hear me say this, but I taught for four and a half years in my 14-year adventure with a university. I taught graduate students research methods to do their dissertations. We use medical modeling. This stuff I'm going to read to you, and what I already exposed, would not have made it to the midterm exam. These students would have flunked out. Okay, under the terms of the agreement of VRC, Crucell has an option for exclusive worldwide commercialization rights. Crucell's Ebola vaccine entered phase one clinical trials in the third quarter of 2006. Two groups of 16 volunteers were enrolled and vaccinated. If that's all they did and they don't have replicable studies, they can't form any conclusions. What they can say is there's a trend curve and it validates follow-up research, but if this is all they had, they have nothing. The study showed safety and immunogenicity of the doses evaluated. In October of 2008, Crucell secured an NIAID, NIH award to advance the development of Ebola and Marburg vaccines with the ultimate aim of developing a universal vaccine, which they call multivalent flow virus vaccine, to cover all of them. Isn't that nice of them? Vaccine for everything. Not one word was reported in the mainstream media. It's being covered up because the above was a direct copy and paste from Crucell's website. 
on September 17, 2014. In the same article that I published the following, I raised the question as why the American public was not being informed of this development in which the vaccine had been tested on humans as far back at that time as eight years ago. It's 2006. Within two days of the published data of the Crusell website that I put on my, my website, they scrubbed it. That's the link you'd find after the fact. Okay. It, it, I, I, you know, let me bring this back here, and, I, and we're going to flip back and forth as we go. I have to be perfectly honest with you. The research for the Crisell vaccine was shoddy. And I believe what we're looking at, but I think it was promising. Okay. So in other words, you can't take two groups of 16 people, one clinical trial, no replicable research and say, aha, we have it. Well, maybe they do, but the odds favor they don't. It would take required follow-up research. Hello. We've seen the evidence of the follow-up research. GSK. NIH. We've just, I showed you that. I believe that's the second and third generation research. And now they have Denver doing human trials. That's an appropriate response. Okay. Human trials on volunteers to see how it works. They said later, and I didn't read this to you, they say it's available in final form to people who are in positions that could be affected. Like maybe they're working with high-risk infectious disease people that could have Ebola. Oh, boy, there's so much about Ebola that we don't know, and I'm going to educate you as to what some of that is. And I'm watching my time frame here pretty quickly. Let me go back to the screen and bring this about here, okay? Now, The Crusell Laboratory link was accessed 29 times. I got this from the Wayback Machine. So they didn't fully cover it up before I got to it. Okay. There were also 29 captures. So people got it and they sent it somewhere. They forwarded it. Okay. The clinical trials research is missing. We know that. And let me scroll down here a little further. I previously reported in 2014 in an article that's referenced here that Monsanto had partnered with the DOD to use a proxy third-party company to develop a vaccine against Ebola. I'm sure that's what Crisell was. and That's how they so easily eliminated it. And you couldn't trace it through funding, uh, through stock listing. You didn't have anything. I I reached a blank, and then I found this, and I said, okay, that explains it. This was a shell corporation. The seed money, as I found out, began at $1.5 million, and a uh, deal could grow to a cap of $86 million. Okay, and I, and I have all the stuff in here, folks, about who was involved. I won't bore you with the details. But I want to show you something here that I think that you'll find very interesting. You can freeze frame this and get your pencil out and write this down. You'll also find it on my website. Human Ebola virus species and uh, compositions and methods thereof. Patent number 
CA274-1523-A1. I'll just read to you from here. Amazingly, the Center for Disease Control owns the... We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time the common sense show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow for example they've got half off my pillow bed sheets more than half off their slippers their sandals their mattresses their topper covers women's lingerie now, they have extremely great products as you all know Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Patent on Ebola and all future strains. Below is the heading for the summary of the invention section of the patent document that claims the U.S. government is claiming ownership. Now, they're doing it through a proxy. See, the CDC is like the Federal Reserve. They're not really part of the government. They're a private entity. But the government gives them authority to carry out health issues in the name of the government. So they're quasi-federal, but they're not really part of the government. So when I say government, okay, and I say, why would a government organization? They're private. They have a for-profit motive. 
I want you to hear me very clearly on this. They have a for-profit motive. So if some manufacturer, just hypothetically speaking, would say to the CDC or the NIH and Anthony Fauci, hey, if you'll help us here expedite this and get approval with the FDA and give your seal of approval, we'd be very grateful. and We'd contribute to your future research. Millions of dollars. You, you follow what I'm saying, right? Okay, there you go. There's the, there's the patent summary of invention right there. Do I have to go any further? There's money in Ebola. Ebola means control of the population because people will willingly lock down. Now, is Ebola, um, is it really contagious? Yes, yeah, highly virulent. But you haven't been told the truth about Ebola. What would you say if I told you Ebola has been known to be airborne and contagious through airborne pathogen since 2009? What would you say to that? What would you say if I could show you the proof? Hey, you can see I have documentation from my website where I documented how contagious Ebola is. What do we really know about the transmission? No one knows for certain. We know a lot, and I'm going to give you the know a lot part. But no one knows for certain exactly and precisely and 100% how the virus is transmitted because it's been found in saliva, stools, breast milk, semen, and the blood of infected people. So we know trading bodily fluids like HIV promotes the transmission. And this is what the media would have you believe. The authorities, everyone you're supposed to trust and listen to. Okay, let's see how much we can trust them. (laughs) This is just unbelievable. Okay, the virus has been found in all the aforementioned areas, uh, including vomit, diarrhea, Okay, and they can result in inhalable aerosol particles, inhalable airborne transmission in the immediate vicinity of the infected people. Now, I've got other research that will tell you it's six feet to 26 feet. Coughing was identified in some cases in a 1995 outbreak for contagious uh, in Kiwit, Democratic Republic of Congo. Coughs are widely known to emit viruses and respirable particles. Actual vomiting produces an aerosol that's been implicated in airborne transmission of gastrointestinal viruses. Regarding diarrhea, just toilet flushing emits a pathogen-laden aerosol that disperses into the air. If you're still not convinced that we're sending our troops at the time when they went to Sierra Leone to help with the Ebola transmission, I said, this is nuts. We don't know all the ways it's transmitted. Obama thought it was a good idea. Okay, let me continue. Even in the most optimal of conditions, aerosolized Obama and Rustin viruses at 50 to 55% relative humidity and 72 degrees Fahrenheit had biological decay rates of 3.06, 1.55% per minute. These rates indicate that 99% loss in aerosol ineffectivity 
would occur in 104 and 162 minutes. So how long can you be affected by something that's in the air around you? I just answered the question. Almost up to three hours. When it comes to Ebola restin in the underlying portion, the virus can be contracted through aerosolized means for a period of two hours and 42 minutes. This is scary. What I'm building here is a model to show you how transmissible this can be. And it explains why people in these third world countries like Sierra Leone and so forth, West Africa, we know why it's so virulent now because it's airborne. People can stop having sex. They can stop kissing. They don't have to drink out of the same cup. But that doesn't mitigate the entire threat. And this is one of the things I want to pose here is this should be out in the public knowledge. And it's not. You've got to go to research documents that I believe the powers that be want to keep from you because you demand really stringent action. But the science is right here. Okay, let me give you something for the mainstream media. They even capitulated on this one point. The very liberal and often truth-denying Washington Post admits that Ebola could go airborne, and they did so on February 15th, 2015. Quote from the Washington Post, a team of prominent researchers suggested Thursday that limited airborne transmission of Ebola virus is very likely a hypothesis that could reignite the debate that started last fall after one of the scientists offered the same opinion. This is bullcrap. I'm going to show you Canadian scientists in a minute in 2009 already documented this six years prior to this article. It's very likely that at least some degree of Ebola virus transmission currently occurs via infection aerosols generated from the gastrointestinal tract, the respiratory tract, or other medical procedures. Although this has been difficult to definitively demonstrate or rule out, since those exposed to infectious aerosols are most likely to be in close proximity to or in direct contact with an infected case. That's true. In research, and I'm going to grant the article that leeway there, because in research, when you're looking at causality, A causes B to happen, okay? This strain of Ebola causes someone to get sick and die. All right, now, is it aerosolized? Could they get it through blood? Could they share a cup? I mean, another number of things. So what you have to do is analysis called progressive regression analysis, where you take each variable and try to correlate that if we know what the incidence of contact is, and then you compare one to the other. It's almost impossible to do that in a case like this. I don't know that it can be done with 100% certainty. And I don't think it had been done here in this study. But anyway, the research was published in that journal. Okay, now I just said to you that this is a bogus article because they're misrepresenting the dates. The disturbing findings of Canadian researchers. Other researchers have stated it's imperative to better understand where people come into contact with Ebola infected infected animals. As it turns out, the transmission of Ebola through human to human contact with bodily fluids is not the only present means for spreading the virus. We established that. For example, 
Through hunting or eating African brush meat, it was discovered the virus was spread through this type of contact as well. This is something that the corporate-controlled media is not reporting truthfully, as the nature of the reports act as if Ebola cannot be spread human to human in this regard. Okay, well, if you get if you get it from the African brush meat, from eating it, and we know it can aerosolize, and they say it can come from the gastrointestinal tract, I just read that to you from that Washington Post article, then it makes sense. I eat the meat, I give you AIDS. I give you whatever can be aerosolized. In this case, Ebola or Marburg's disease. I mean, any number of things are possible here. This is scary, folks. This is really, really... Let, let me tell you my concern here. Have you read the reports that they're putting mRNA into animal feed? If you haven't, you might want to use a search engine. Don't make a Google and research this. If they could do it with mRNA, why can't they do it with elements of Ebola? How would you get people to eat grasshoppers? The meat's not safe. Oh, my gosh. The World Health Organization declares it's been transmuted. You can die from eating meat. It's invaded the meat population. Eat bugs. That's safe. Ebola can't live in bugs. Yeah, I'm giving you a speculation. I'm giving you a hypothesis. But tell me that doesn't follow what you're seeing here. Okay? You should look at this. The airborne transmission of Ebola from species to species is an established scientific fact from these Canadian researchers. I gave you the link. And I gave you the link up here to go research it. You can click on directly. Boy, this is scary stuff. Let me let me go down to here. Now a little bit more about the Canadian study. In 2009, as I stated, a Canadian research team from the National Center of Foreign Animal Disease, Canadian Food Inspection Agency, headed by Carissa Embury Hyatt, began conducting research entitled The Transmission of Ebola Virus from Pigs to Non-Human Primates. The study determined that Rustin Ebola was the first Ebola detected in swine with an indicated transmission to humans. In contact transmission of Zaire Ebola between pigs was demonstrated experimentally. Okay, and then in their study, when you click on the links, when you go to my original link, you'll see that the Zaire Ebola transmission from pigs to Somalgus maques without direct contact occurred. That's aerosolization. That's the only way it could spread. This means that Ebola is already airborne and can jump species. The results of this disturbing study were published in September of 2012. Now, if I can find this, why can't CNN? Why can't Fox? Why can't Human Health Services? Why can't the FDA? Why can't the CDC? Why aren't they giving out this information? Everything here, look at these hyperlinks. Everything here is documented. Everything. And you're telling me that there's not enough here to draw conclusions? Let me tell you what my 
positional hypothesis is. Isn't it curious that the white pneumonia starts in China, just like COVID, and it's coming up on election year? Isn't that what amazing coincidence? And I went to Denmark, and as I pointed out in the last video, and last broadcast I've done on this, different locations, also on radio shows, it's now in Warren County, Ohio, a small county with 148 infected kids. 148 infected kids. And then we're looking at Ebola. And I said this over and over and over. I said COVID was bad for people with comorbid conditions. Absolutely. But it was like the flu. Because the flu kills people. Or it did before we started calling the flu COVID. But the flu killed people with comorbid conditions. Would I rate COVID a little higher than the flu? But they confounded them so much they called one the other I, it's hard to say, but I'll grant for the art sense of the suitability of argument that COVID may be a little more profound than the flu, but the death rates, the real death rates, not the people who came in on emergency gurney, died of head trauma from a motorcycle accident, and they called it COVID, and they got $13,000 for the diagnosis and $39,000 from the federal government for the death certificate. They, the government was paying to basically enhance the COVID statistics to get you to lock down, take their vaccines, wear a mask, and be good little soldiers, and do what you were told. It's a fact. And I said, no one's going to fall for the COVID scam again. People now see through it. So now you got to bring something in that will really get people's attention. I'll just give you a little hypo- hypothetical question here. Do you think people would be more inclined to take the vaccine if Ebola's on the loose? But how can you trust the vaccine, especially when they've been covering it up since 2006? And we just got this announcement uh, two days ago out of Denver that, hey, they actually got something. They're testing it. So we've gone through 17 years of obfuscation. And unless you're a trained researcher, you can go in and know where to look for things. You can pull up things on university databases, find the hypertext links and say, here's what we know, which I did. And this is in my wheelhouse. I'm not bragging. I'm smart or anything else. But this is what stuff I did for a living for a while. I mean, this is how I paid my bills. So I know what the hell I'm talking about. And I'm telling you, there's no excuse for this not to have been in the public for 17 years. None. Zero. And I believe this is an electioneering move, but I think it's bigger. I think it'll change our diet. I think it'll change where we live. And I think it could probably be used in some fashion directly or indirectly, to get you to want to move to a confined community that was safe, a smart city. Food for thought, right here on the Common Sense Show. And man, I know this sounds like a conspiracy theory, and I would sound like a nut, except I'll just scroll back up here. And Would you please note all the blue hypertext links the government document showing the patent. Do you know the CDC is going to make a ton of money off of this? So are their investors. You think that's a coincidence? I would invest, I would encourage you to go to those links and confirm or deny what I've said, but I think it's really clear. God bless all of you for coming here and paying attention. I think really dark days are ahead and we need to scream at the top of our lungs as the censors come out in force to shut us up.
keep talking. We'll see you back here next time. God bless you. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.